Welcome, ladies and gents, to the Grim and Bloody Podcast. This show is a presentation of horror, thriller, and suspense, and is intended for mature audience. Join us at your own risk. Thank you uh, for joining uh, us at the Grim and Bloody podcast, uh, brought to you by those folks at InkTip. My name is Kevin Nicholson, and uh, with me for this Sunday morning is Joe Flynn, uh, Creativity Award-winning horror show host. How are you doing, Joe? Doing fantastic, and happy Easter, everyone. Happy Easter to all out there in Grim and Bloody uh, grim and bloody land and i of course uh like i said i'm kevin nicholson i uh, write for horrornews.net uh scary monsters magazine we belong dead magazine and just about uh any magazine or place that will take me uh and uh with us uh today is the esteemed author of dead people this current, uh, you know, book that is uh, that is uh, you know, just coming out. Also, the author of One Day, The Weatherman, Victim of Circumstance, and uh, Reckoner, Douglas Rappaport. Douglas, good morning. Happy good morning. Easter. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh no, uh, you know, no worries. So, I like your. Um, your mix of, and I'm, I'm just getting into you, uh, to dead people, and um, I like how you, you you seem to mix a lot of, uh, you know, genres, at least it seems in the outset, mm-hmm. uh, where you're, uh, you have themes of, you know, of action, mystery, suspense, you know, science fiction, horror. Uh, we'll, we'll start with, uh, you know, with with Dead People, which is uh, basically you've got uh, Earth is wiped out, self-inflicted, right. and then there are these aliens who are who are called the String Fellows. Right. Um, who come in and say we're going to help you we're going to bring back uh, earth try to uh try to resurrect it bring back humanity but we don't have they don't have a map as to uh you know essentially how to uh, uh how to do it so they bring you know you have these people brought back including you know famous characters out of uh, history some of which robert kennedy sirhan sirhan abraham lincoln and so forth and you find out that that some of these characters are still bad, still intent on doing what they're doing, that they have no memory of what it is they were they were you know supposed to have done in a previous life. And I like how your character of uh, uh, you have your lead character of uh, of Mild, who is uh, a 
you know, who has been made a hitman um, to, well, I guess I'll, I'll let you take it from here. Kind of, kind of describe uh, uh, it and, and, and describe the story and to kind of talk about if you wanted to mesh all these different genres into one. Sure. So yeah, the main character is Mild McMahon. Mm -hmm. um, he was uh, in the previous life, he was actually a football player. So you can imagine he's a pretty big guy. Um, and uh, when he's brought back, um, he actually becomes a hitman. There's, um, you know, as you were mentioning, the, the Stringfellows have brought back good people, but they brought back bad people as well, including serial killers and murderers and, and just assortment of bad people. So um, what they do is they hire hitmen to kill the bad people, the serial killers, uh, and so forth. Um, and instead of it really being an advantage monetarily, they get these points. It's from a point system. Um, and they get, you know, a certain number of points depending on how bad the, the person is they're killing. So you can imagine there's a serial killer who's killed 50 people. Um, they're going to be worth more points than someone who's killed two. But there's, you know, the serial killer who's killed two is still... Uh, well, I guess the serial killer wouldn't just kill two people, but you know what I mean. They get they get more points for, um, you know, how bad the person is and um, and how tough it might be to kill them. And um, if they get enough points, they can bring back someone who hasn't been brought back by the string fellows, someone of their choosing. Um, and Miles McMahon is 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 doing this um, hit work um, in order to bring back his mother. Um, so he gets enough points, he brings back his mother, and uh, he's um, he's got a uh, a dog named Socrates who is his um, sort of um, controller um, and uh, gives him all the assignments. He's a talking dog, of course, um, and um, you know because they brought back animals too and assortment of the, uh, animals and insects and things like that. But, um, you know, nothing's perfect in the remix. Um, so of course the, some of the animals and stuff can talk. Um, and um, so, yeah, and I basically, it is a mix of genres. Um, I guess the main, I mean, the outer shell is science fiction, of course, but the inner shell of the book is horror, horror and um, thriller and action, I guess, like you mentioned, and also c comedy. Um, sort of comic, um, I guess, uh, as well. Um, and yeah, there, so there's different, there's four parts to the book and, you know, each part is a different serial killer that um, Mild McMahon is hired to kill. And that doesn't mean he doesn't come across other bad people and other serial killers on the way. I won't give away anything, but he does come across uh, some other people uh, along the way. Um, and uh, I guess, it, you know, it's supposed to be the part of a trilogy, the first book of a trilogy. Um, and uh, I, got, I got the idea basically, um, not, not that I wanted to mix genres, but as much as I had an idea of like, what if like dead people were brought back and, and they were from different parts of history. So you could have Abraham Lincoln and Sirhan Sirhan and David Berkowitz, the son of Sam and, um, um, Robert F. Kennedy and um, sort of the people all living in the same, same time period and I thought that would be an interesting thing to do so that's what inspired me to write the book I imagine uh, that you go ahead Joe no, I was like I was thinking that this sounds like 
a cross between, you know, like one of the Star Trek episodes and Quantum Leap in yeah. some ways. Sure. And, and it's like, what? Oh, yeah. Let's go back into time or history, man. Right. And it's, it's a great, you know, way to do it. Well, thank you. Well, I think what's Joe, you bring up an interesting, uh, you know, point in the in kind of in Star Trek, uh, you know, because they do have you know one episode where um, where people out of history, both good and bad, are brought back as kind of a study of uh, good versus evil. Um, in the episode called "The Savage Curtain." And, oh, uh, what's that? I wasn't aware of that. I'll have to track it down. Yeah, it's uh, uh, it's an episode where you know they're the these aliens are trying to uh, uh, understand, you know what what it is, you know what is good and what is uh, you know evil um, regarding uh, um, you know humanity and uh, in space, trying to understand the concepts of it. So they uh, they bring back. Uh, they lure the Enterprise to a you know to a planet. They bring back uh, Abraham Lincoln, and yeah. they bring back uh, some uh, some uh, uh, another philosopher from Vulcan for Spock, and they bring back these uh, notoriously evil characters out of uh, Universal history, uh, from Klingon uh, Genghis Khan. Uh, from okay. Earth and so forth, and they basically pit the groups against each other, oh. and uh, uh, you know to try to see you know who would uh, win and try to you know, try to stay. So I'm kind of looking at um, your book. There's a little bit of a boy and his dog. You uh, know, kind of. Uh, I thought that was kind of you know interesting where you talk about the the, uh, the talking dog, and uh, uh, and so forth. So I'd wondered if there's a little bit of Harlan Ellison influence. Uh, you know, with you and the sci-fi aspect of it, but then you get into this really, you know, gory horror and underbelly, um, which is interesting. And there's a there's a lot of there's a little bit of John Wick, uh, you know, kind of uh, you know, in there. Because uh, I understand that, yeah, like you said, he wants his uh, 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 McMahon wants his uh, mom back, but in order to do that he has to acquire this many you know points so there's a lot of killing that he has to uh you know that he has to do right. and um was your was your intent to kind of uh uh make subtle statements about humanity and its uh uh say propensity for violence on one uh on one hand um humanities uh or maybe you know humanities you know flawed political structure uh you know uh on another hand um was that your intent to kind of throw this this is kind of a take on what can happen with society and not all of it is good right right i i didn't intentionally like set out to like write um a book with um those types of um, themes. Um, it sort of became that because of the story that I wanted to tell. Um, but I didn't want to, you know, browbeat anybody with, um, 
you know, my own political views or my own views of the world. I mean, it's all there, um, you know, and, um, you know, no system is perfect. Um, mm -hmm. Not even an alien, advanced alien system that, you know, brought back all these people to recreate Earth. Um, but, um, yeah, my, my main intention was just like a, a what if scenario, like what if, you know, this person and this person and this person are all in the, living in the same time period and what, what would happen. And everything grew out of that. Um, um, I'm not an outliner. Um, I'm a blank pager, as they say, in the writing world where um, I don't, I set my characters up in a world and I don't really know what's going to happen to them, except for I have an idea of what the ending is going to be. So I have a beginning and an ending and I know where I want to end up. Um, um, but I don't know necessarily how I'm going to get there and what's going to happen to the characters, like, or what's going to happen in the story. So things just sort of develop out of my imagination, which is the reason I do it like that. Um, Cause I'm as surprised as a reader is like, I don't know. I didn't set out thinking, oh, there's gonna be a talking dog. It just happened to be a talking dog that, you know, grew out of it and was his, uh, his handler. Um, and, um, and di the different people, you know, he was going to kill and along the way and all that, like, um, I didn't really know that. I just knew where I wanted to end up. So everything grew out of that. Well, that's fascinating, too, because, like, for some people, yeah, that is the trickiest thing about being a writer is going from point A to the finish. Right. It's like, where am I going? You know, if you get writer block, you're, like, trying to think, how am I going to move this story forward? Right. And my, my question is, out of all the characters and dead people, which one was the hardest to write for? Oh, that's a great question. I've done a numerous podcasts and interviews, but I haven't been asked that question. Um, I'd say like the science fiction angle was the hardest thing to to write for because I'm not really a science fiction person. I'm I'm I love Star Wars. I'm more of a Star Wars person than a Star Trek. If I had to pick. Um, between the two, but um, oh, oh. Yeah. sorry about that. Um, don't worry. <laughs> but um, I guess the two main characters, Miles McMahon and Dana Stianis, um were easier to write because those were, you know, more of my psyche and more of my humor. Um, so more of the, I guess it was harder to write in the, in the in the eyes of the serial killers. Like when I was writing, you know, I'll just give one away. You know, the first. First um, part is about Son of Sam, David Berkowitz. Um, and uh, so getting in the minds of them was different than, you know, than my former books because I hadn't really written. My other books are not, not science fiction or horror or um, like, like this book. This book is totally different. Um, so I guess getting in the minds of the bad people was a little different for me. So those characters were probably the toughest to write. Um, but because I hopefully created the strong characters of Miles McMahon and Dana Stianis, um, I was able to, um, you know, their their language, their dialogue, their actions, you know, this came automatically. That's one of the great things about writing in this way is, um, um, you know, you know you're onto something when you don't have to think what are they going to say, but it just comes out naturally and you're just writing and the, like the pen is being moved by God knows what, you know. Um, and, um, but yeah, so, but that helped me knowing at least half the conversation. So when Mom McMahon runs into a serial killer uh, or, or two, um, he knows I he what he says comes out. And then because of that, it, it sort of lets the, 
the other con the, the rest of the conversations develop. Um, and so it wasn't as hard as I set out that I thought it was going to be when I set out to write in the mind of different serial killers and things like that. So do you, um, you talked about you, you start as a writer with a blank page right. and uh, putting, uh, you know, putting the pen, you know, to it. Um, it's then where you're, you know, the flow of words, the flow of character description and plot line, uh, you know, come out. Do you ever find, because I do believe that uh, people um, are, you know, influenced in some cases um, unknowingly or unconsciously mm -hmm. by elements throughout life to make, you know, uh, kind of that help make the person who they are, um, who they become as an adult and, uh, and, uh, and so on. Um, did you, when you were writing this and say upon completion of this book, or even go take it to your first book, did you uh, ever, have you ever taken a look, you know, at what you have written and say, huh, oh yeah, I, you know, I, I guess I am in, you know, influenced uh, by, uh, uh, you know, by, you know, science fiction, by Star mm -hmm. Wars or by, yeah, 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 uh, sure. you know, things. Have you ever had that instance where you surprised yourself at what kind, uh, you know, at the influences that you didn't think you had? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Um, you know, when I was trying to think, like, how can these dead people come back? What sort of magic can create that? Um, you know, that made me think of, of aliens um, <laughs> uh, who might have, you know, a, a better, um, you know, they would be smarter than us and more technologically savvy and they might be able to do uh, something like that. But um, it definitely, um, you know, it definitely made me think of um, Star Trek and uh, stuff like that, even though I wasn't directly pulling from Star Trek because I, I didn't even know about that episode you mentioned. Mm -hmm. But just the fact that, um, you know, visiting a, you know, coming, you know, aliens, um, visiting a, a world that doesn't exist, you know, that's dead. Um, and, um, and then sort of characters sort of reappearing, like, you know, um, so that made me think of, of science fiction a little bit, but I, I didn't want to stick into science fiction too much because, like I said, I'm not a science fiction writer, really. It was really just the premise of of of, of getting there. Um, but, of course, in the in the act of writing on a blank page, the Stringfellows ended up having a bigger um, part in the book and in the story, main story line than I expected them um, to have um, because, obviously, they're still inhabiting the world, too, this new world um along with the, the former earthlings or whatever you want to call them um so yeah and uh, you know I've, in my other books you know there's definitely um you know a couple of my favorite authors are john irving and haruki murakami um and i guess my language sometimes i'm surprised sometimes when i read it and um and i get a review or something like that if someone says it's like john irving or whatever when i didn't blatantly try to write like john irving it's just he's an influence of mine and and the imagination of someone like Haruki Murakami, I guess, uh, really informed this book, especially with um, a surreal sort of take on on the world and characters and um, different, you know, the world not being exactly the way our world is now. Um, 
So yeah, there's definitely been some influences that have come out that uh, you know I wasn't expecting necessarily. Well, I'll tell you, there was. Uh, I, I'm intrigued about um, uh, this book because it seems to um, it seems to do a variety of, of things for the uh, you know for the reader. One of the things that attracts me to it uh, is uh, you know is how the quote hero is written, and in this case, uh, the hero seems to be very flawed but he's driven by um a certain uh bit of well a bit of kind of uh nobility to do the you know to do the right mm -hmm. thing right. and also he has he's driven because of a love for his mom he wants his mom back right and uh and that you know that propels him but at the same time uh he seems to be uh the guy that we're observing this new society through the eyes of right. and uh he's an observer of uh of people and so you're reading from the start his thought process uh and his thought process seems to be a little bit of amusement about uh -huh. how uh how these uh this these the string fellows have brought back society but with a lot of wild diff uh you know differences and that he is talking about things like um they he brought these people back with no uh with no understanding of who they were previously with uh, right. no no self-understanding but then there is a feeling in each of the uh people he thinks of deja vu right uh like i you know i seem like i've been here before and i know that you know for some reason in my heart i'm a killer and i've got to kill you know uh you know kill somebody like the sirhan sirhan uh thing uh the character doesn't know that it, kind of uh, he's supposed to kill robert kennedy and he doesn't know that robert kennedy was already killed again right right <laughs> <laughs> which is very funny the when you talk uh the way you talk about it, you have a very cheeky sense of humor Mm -hmm. uh in uh in that because robert kennedy is killed in a bus accident <laughs> and uh it, you, you say something about well he's america he was, was american so he looked one way when he should have been looking the other if he had been looking the other way he might have you know uh he might have avoided the english the, the, the bus accident in london right <laughs> And, and he's also he's observing about uh you know things uh uh mcmahon is i'm talking about is observing yeah. these uh, things about uh you know what's been brought back as i said they don't they don't necessarily bring back uh white house i don't know if they uh, they do but they bring back denny's right <laughs> yeah exactly and they bring, not only bring back denny's but they bring back the grand slam witch <laughs> well you can't bring back Denny's without that so you know I have not I, one I, grand slam I, to go please I like the, the this the cheeky uh you know humor uh of it he's also observing that he is about that he and Sirhan Sirhan are about to be thrown out of a restaurant because they're standing in a kitchen and Sirhan Sirhan's holding a gun uh, right. that would do it and, 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 and it's just I I 
it, it looks to me like this is uh, something that's going to give you a bit of social commentary, even if you weren't necessarily sure. looking for it. Sure. And I just like it's kind of in a way, it seems like your accidental wry observations about humanity and all of our various flaws. Right. There's also there also seems to be a little bit of Hunger Games, uh, in a kind of uh, um, mentality here, uh -huh. in that there is kind of a competition where you have to earn these you know these points, uh, and you know to get this loved one you know back, and um, was kind of was that something that you were. Was the Hunger Games kind of, you know, something that you were uh, looking at too? Because I imagine that somebody like Hitler uh, would be the highly desired target because right. he killed six million, you know, six million Jews, right? And are people of Jewish faith, and um, so that would be, uh, uh, well, six million people. Let's just, you know, put it that way. Right. You know, that would be what he, uh, you know, that would be somebody that that would be highly coveted if he was brought back yeah he he's uh i won't give anything away but he's definitely in my back pocket of course um <laughs> oh, you have to wait for books two or three okay <laughs> exactly yes just hold your horses here don't rush me i'm trying to write this thing as fast as i can okay oh, now yeah. uh i did want to ask you it seems like i mean you mentioned um being the author who starts with the blank page is that is your training as a uh, violinist and composer does that uh you know play a part because it seems like that also that vocation is also uh you know something that comes from the blank page or as i want to say the blank canvas yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, is that something that kind of naturally gravitated, you know, to you when it came to you being a writer? That's an excellent question, and yeah. I would say, I would say definitely yes. Um, I mean, as a composer, you start with a blank page. Sure. Uh, it's it's you know different than writing, uh, in that um, in writing you can make an outline, and it's a little more difficult to make an outline in the composition. Sure. Uh, in that way, not not in the same exact way. Um, and I think because I'm a former musician, uh, rhythm is in my head. Um, mm -hmm. So when I'm writing prose, um, there's a certain rhythm to it, especially when I'm revising and editing and stuff. Um, there's a rhythm to my sentences that are unintentional, but are from the fact that um, mm -hmm. of my musical training and my musical background. So um, that doesn't form the prose um in a lot of ways um uh in terms of like i said rhythm and uh cadence and things like that so um it's definitely i mean i'm not a mu musician anymore really um but um because music was a, such a big part of my life um it definitely informs um my writing in that way well, I'm thinking it, 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 you, you would certainly be the answer to a uh, uh, to a unique trivia question of how do you connect, um, you know, horror and science fiction literary mm -hmm. work with Yasha Heifetz? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yes. think that there is that connection that's being made uh, in, no. uh, you know, 
uh, yeah, you know, definitely. you know, throughout. But right. uh, I, I'm most impressed with uh, you know, just reading about you got advanced uh, studies degree in film and television. Uh, you have got uh, film and television scoring. Right. Uh, studied at Goldsmiths College, uh, uh, Guildhall, London International Film School. The whole, uh, the whole thing. Uh, that is just impressive, uh, as uh, uh, you know, as can be. So, with all of this, uh, you know, knowledge uh, regarding film and television scoring, I wonder, can you, or can anyone, even then, figure out Ennio Morricone? <laughs> because his uh his compositions are just well so wild vibrant and uh uh and kind of uh gloriously all over the uh all over the place he's like my favorite film oh. composer oh yeah uh and uh i uh i i just you know I, I'm kind of semi-joking about uh, about it. Yeah, just uh, do you have a uh, a favorite film, uh, you know, film composer? Just offhand, yeah, I, do. I do. And actually, it's funny you mentioned Nino Morricone because he is, I, I believe, Tarantino's favorite film composer. Yeah. Um, yes. So, um, but yeah, I definitely like some of the older um, film composers, uh, meaning from. Um, you know, not current and currently yes. around, like Bernard Herrmann, who did a lot sure. of the Apple stock um, movies. Sure. Uh, and um, I'm a Lala know. Schifrin fan. Uh, oh yeah. Know, so yeah, Lala Schifrin, yeah, sure. Um, Dirty Harry and and yeah. uh, and uh, uh, what I think he did Bullet and, uh, and stuff like uh, that. Just some other and something called Mission Impossible too. But you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I like, uh, the, you know, there's a film, a royal film scoring family, the Newmans. Um, uh -huh. I like Thomas Newman a lot. He's current. Um, of course, I, I like Danny Elfman. He's, you know, he's got his uh, taken. Oh, yeah. Oligo Boingo yeah. as well. So, um, uh, and uh, Carter Burwell, who does a lot of the um, yes. uh, Owen Brothers uh, stuff. I like him a lot. I'm a uh, what about like Michael Giacchino? Uh, yeah, Michael Giacchino. Yeah, I like him a lot. That's I, phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I first encountered him with Lost, the TV show. Yeah. Really yes. So uh, you said that this is going to be uh, Dead People is part uh, is going to be part of a trilogy. Yeah, that's um, the plan. Is, yeah. Yeah, and um, so where do you see uh, the character of? Uh, uh, McMahon, you know, uh, going to where do you where do you see it uh, it going overall for parts two and part three? Um, well, I've already written part two. Um, I still need I, I should say a, a draft of it. I have there's a long way to go with it. Um, but um, you know, it's like I mentioned with the blank page. It's sort of surprising to me, you know, where where I'm going and what ended up happening in the second book, uh, which I wasn't planning on. Um, and, uh, but of course, as you mentioned, you know, I'm, I'm not going to deny, you know, someone like Hitler's in my back pocket, mm. uh, and, um, or, Stal other, or Joe Stalin or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And there, yeah. there's, uh, you know, dictators are, are not safe in, in my books either. That's for sure. <laughs> that's a good thing. Yeah. Not a good thing. Um, 
I'll, I'll leave that surprise for the for people that read Dead People. There's um, a famous dictator that may yeah. or may not be in it. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I have ideas for that and like where I where I might end up at the end of the whole thing. Um, but um, just sort of finding it out as I as I go along. That's uh, it's it's just it, it's interesting how many how many subgenres you mix into this story, and uh, it's uh, and it's all it all seems uh, from uh, what I've read so far it all seems to be that each subgenre is an absolute service to the other, and um, you know it's it it's kind of like. I, I look at books kind of like uh, that have uh, that deal with a uh, with a with a hybrid of genres, just like I do with film. Right. Um, uh, you know, which, which does the same thing—the horror comedy or the uh, or the the comedy western or the or the horror western, sure. you know, that kind of thing. Um, and often it does not work if the filmmaker. Uh, or the writer um, has, you know, uh, focuses on one over the other. Uh, it does not work as uh, as well. Do you right. find that, is that something that you have to work on when you're writing these multi, uh, kind of multi-hybrid, uh, you know, stories? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I want to make sure I do service to something. I mean, like you mentioned, um, you know, if you're doing a, a hybrid thing like that, you know, concentrate too much on one thing, um, it's maybe not the, the best way. But I want to make sure that each thing is, um, uh, in hindsight at least, um, done service to. Like, I, don't, I didn't intend it to be comic. That just sort of came out in the voice. Mm -hmm. um, the science fiction was obviously more intentional because that was the vehicle for telling my story that I had. Um, but um, I definitely wanted to write something gritty and, and violent um, and dark, but I think that's that's balanced out hopefully by the humor in it. Um, so it's not, you know, there's, there's got to be a little light at, at places. Um, otherwise, the darkness is, is, is too much can be too much uh, for readers and, and for writers too. I mean, if I'm writing something, I remember writing some parts of Dead People and there's some parts that are pretty dark and I was like, whoa, uh, it's, you know, caught me by surprise or whatever. Um, but thankfully I still had a sort of uh, a comedic protagonist, you know, to tell a story, um, even when bad things, you know, start happening to him and um, he still sort of retains his, um, his sense of humor, I guess. Um, but yeah, I want to make sure I do service to everything that I involve in it. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself when you're writing, you get on this on this writing jag where you're on this one, uh, you know, really, um, uh, you know, hot stretch uh, where the words flow, and then you start to see, you take a second to look, you start to see, oh, this is really dark. Um, I got to lighten this up uh, a little bit. Do you ever you ever find that you're catching yourself? Uh, you know, to make sure that the balance is there between science yeah. fiction, horror, yeah. and so forth. I yeah, wonder about that. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I catch myself, but at the same time, I don't want to like be too rigid. That was that's part of the reason I don't write with an outline. Um, 
I've written with an outline in the past, um, like screenplays and things like that, because those, you know, need an outline more so than maybe, you know, narrative narrative fiction uh, does. But um, everybody's different, obviously. Everybody does sure. whatever works for them. Um, but um, I, I, I can catch myself and think, wow, this is really dark. Um, but I don't want to, I don't want to put rules or on myself or anything like that. Um, you, you know, as I'm writing at least, because um, I don't want it to be too, too rigid or, or sound like it's for, come from a, like a forced area. Um, that kind of stuff I catch more in the editing process um, when I'm re doing revisions. Um, and then I, you know, I might see I'm in a scene that's really dark, and I might inject a little more humor in it on a, on a rewrite, but not not necessarily when I'm creating it from scratch on a blank piece of paper because I don't want to get stuck in a in a mindset or anything like that. Uh, uh, Douglas, uh, what would be the title of uh, Dead People's Two? Is it gonna be Dead People? Uh, we don't sing no more. <laughs> um, well, I only have a working title for the second one. It's called Do No Wrong, um, but that title could change. Um, and um, um, I, the third book, um, I have ideas for it. I don't have a title for it yet or anything like that. I haven't started the third book yet. I still need to work on the second book some more. Um, True. You got to finish the second one before yeah, you yeah. jump to the third. <laughs> But exactly. hey, who knows? Maybe you could jump to the third and then come back to the second. Yeah, just exactly. put them put them out of order. No, yeah. uh, but no, I, I, as far as I've read so far, and I'm at uh, the son of Sam, David Berkowitz's storyline, which is, you know, one of my favorite so far is the chase scene that uh, Miles has. Where he's being chased, but he doesn't oh, right. know by who. So he's like, I'm like, hey, I'm a former football player, but this guy's much faster than me. I love that line, you know. Yeah, there's um, there's definitely a lot of action in it that um, I that wasn't necessarily intending, but that you know, sort of came into the story naturally. So, uh, is there a um a thought about this this whole storyline seems like it could be perfect for a graphic novel uh, yeah um that, that is, that is something you're looking at too that's something i'm looking at a graphic novel um i wrote a film script on dead people um, um but um you know after i wrote the the film script i realized it might be better as a, as a series tv series mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Since there are more books, I mean, obviously you can have a film franchise as well. But I thought, especially with the world of streaming, what kind of shows we have uh, might be better as a as a, a TV series. So I, um, but definitely um, as I was writing it and immediately afterwards um, realized that it would be a good graphic novel, um, and so I'm, you know, planning on on visiting that at some point um, as well. Yeah. Well, I just noticed, I'm just thinking that the visuals right. for a graphic novel are right here, are right, right. Uh, you know, right there. And right. Uh, we've we've talked with, uh, on our show, we've had graphic uh, novel artists and, uh, and, and uh, so forth on the show before. And 
you know, I'm already thinking of one or two who could be really terrific for, uh, you know, for this particular type of novel. Uh, oh, yeah. And, uh, and so yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> well, no, to yeah, that. That, that, that'd be the fun thing. It'd be like, all of a sudden, we see it either on, like, in the bookshelves or on some web service, kind of like, Dead People, the new <laughs> show, the graphic novel, right. the album. No. Dead People is a new movie starring Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> there you go. Uh, as an older as, as, guy. As, as, uh, as Milt McMahon, the ex-football player, you know, turned uh, you know, turned assassin. Yeah, yeah. That, definitely uh, definitely more of an action type of person. Uh, um, yeah. In that sense, yeah. But uh, uh, that would be uh, uh, that would be fun. So we have where can people find uh, Dead People Out Now? I, I see that it is on Amazon Kindle uh, and available uh, uh, from Amazon, I believe, in book form as well. Yeah, it's in paperback um, and hardcover as well. Right. Where else can people find uh, this and your other works? Um, well, if they go to my website, I have a new website, DouglasRappaport.com. Okay. And they can connect with Dead People and also my other books and you know stay in stay in touch with me as um if people are interested in the continuation of the dead people series um that's where you know the news and information will be um but there, there's links to all my books there uh to amazon and barnes and noble and um uh, sure some other sites as well um but yeah it's available kindle hardcover and paperback um as are all my books, uh, well, with the exception of my first book is out of print uh, now, so that's hard, harder to find um, yeah, on Amazon at least. But um, look on the, eBay, 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 yeah. <laughs> eBay. There you go. I found they're some selling it for one hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> yeah, I found some of them on eBay actually in the past, so that was sort of funny. Um, um, yeah. But um, definitely. Yeah definitely Amazon but yeah you can find on eBay I'm sure yeah yeah selling at $150 uh, uh, a pop uh, right, right. just because somebody right. wants to have fun with gouging people right, and, right. Uh, and and things like that uh, yeah. do you ever take a look or take a set uh, a step back and or take a moment and uh, just kind of pinch yourself because it seems like your uh your your career is rather wildly successful uh these uh you know these uh these books are best uh are best sellers uh and uh well they're not actually best so, sellers well, uh, not well, yet no i i wish um but um let's say let's just say they're pretty they're they're so far well, so good they're pretty uh so pretty so good, they're yeah. selling pretty well yeah so far so good i mean um yeah. i have several books uh, out there um, and uh, we'll see where dead people goes um, uh, in terms of other mediums or, you know, the other books or whatever like that. But um, that was the original, the original plan at least. Um, yeah. And I, I do have to ask too, is how is it possible that somebody could have an addiction to Tic Tacs, an addiction <laughs> to breath mints? <laughs> I love a tic tac. I love a tic tac. 
I am always carrying uh, them, you know, carrying them around uh, or a breath mint of some kind uh, because like, you know, uh, uh, you know, because, you know, so, you know, stuff that, you know, air that comes out of a person's mouth can be nasty smelling. Well, right. so, uh, you know, it's a uh, breath is. Yeah. Uh, so uh, were you able to is there something where you had to Google uh, that there is an addiction to breath mints? Um, no, I, I didn't Google it, but I figure people are addicted to weird things um, or different things. I should say everybody has to each their own. Right. Um, right. I'm sure there probably is someone who's addicted to Tic Tacs. Um, or breath mints or whatever, but um, I didn't do too much research on that or anything. It just no. came out sort of naturally when I was writing for Danis um, and uh, that sort of um, predilection he has. Um, you know, um, you could see it as sort of, an, you know, something maybe he's an anxious person and calms him down a little bit. Uh, yeah. You know, to have something in his mouth uh, to chew or whatever or something. Um, but yeah, that's just that's just the beauty of the blank page. Uh, you know, you never know what kind of habits the characters are going to take on, or what's going to happen to them, or what they're going to yeah. say, they're going to do, or things like that. So, but it makes me wonder about the author's uh, mindset when you're saying, "I need to come up with something new for this uh, this next character." Yeah, I'll give him an addiction to hula hoops. Uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> and, oh my God, uh, you know, or something like that. And, and so when I when I when I saw the description on it, and I started to read it. I said, "Addiction to breath mints? Wait, I like Tic Tacs. I like them a lot. I like them every day. Does that mean I have addiction an addiction to Tic Tacs? Oh man, <laughs> and then we're gonna have to put you into a, a rehab center, man, for the Tic Tac overdose, man. Exactly. Yeah." I'll have exceedingly fresh breath for the next year, but uh, you know. Yeah. That's. <laughs> I was just say it's a safer habit than smoking, let's say. So. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, and uh, and I, I'm guessing. Well, I'm guessing McMahon also has uh, his own habit for coffee, um, yeah. Yeah. and uh, uh, and so forth. So again, um, once again, where can people find you, uh, uh, Douglas? Your Douglas new website. Rapport doublesrapreport.com and uh, they will be able to get access to purchasing this book as like I said you can purchase dead people on Amazon through Kindle hardcover or paperback and uh, you and can, can uh, through the site as well on your through your website as well yeah. I can be contacted I'm going to tell you I am I am I am as soon as this show is uh, is over I'm going to continue reading uh with this novel because I'm kind of hooked uh oh, even in yes. the early stages of it. Great. That's great. Yes. I I I too have to finish the book. I I got to get going, you know, to yeah. finish it. I can't wait. Let me know what but, you guys think once you finish it. And well, well, it's going to be like I said, they will see the review on uh, DesperateFilmFest.com and the review also, my review will also be on uh, HorrorNews.net. And uh, we'll look forward to it. I, I do encourage people to, uh, you know, to check it out. It looks to be an exciting, uh, excellent book, uh, like, you know, a mixture of horror, science fiction, uh, mystery and suspense 
uh, and action and uh, and so forth. Everything that will help, uh, you know, help take you away from your day to day travail, your your day to day activity. <laughs> Douglas Rappaport, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Thank oh, it's you, been. It's been, you know, fantastic. And uh, next time we have you uh, back on, maybe we'll talk more about uh, Yasha Heifetz and sure. uh, your uh, your passion for uh, uh, for music. Sure. That's uh, that's another fascinating subject of mine. Sure, definitely. Thank yes. you very much for uh, for uh, for joining us, uh, Joe. Uh, we do a little wrap up thing, Douglas, uh, uh, on this. Joe, what are you? Uh, what have you got coming up? Well, I am going to be doing a review, hopefully very soon, of uh, not Megan, but also Renfield coming out soon. So get to see Nick Cage as Dracula, which is going to be kind of spooky in its own way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that that looks to be kind of terrifying in its own own way. And... well, that'll be uh, you know that'll be interesting. The uh, and I've got a few you know reviews myself to uh, uh, you know to uh, to work on, and it should be uh, should be fun. I've been I just finished up uh, transcribing yesterday two interviews that I uh, uh, that I did, and I'll tell you, uh, Douglas. I'll tell you, uh, you know, I'll offer this to you as well. There's a website for transcription it's called really transcribed by really w-r-e-a-l-l-y fantastic service it saves i've done uh self-transcription before and uh you know where you you know i go back to doing interviews back to the early 2000s and when you do that yourself and you're having to listen and then type listen and then type and uh, so forth it can take days uh you know to uh, to do transcribe by really does it all for you in the span of a couple of minutes yes and it's uh uh it's uh, it's really uh, really terrific anyway i very much recommend that okay um that's done for our show today uh for joe flynn <laughs> I'm Kevin Nicholson. Thanks once again to Douglas Rappaport, author of Dead People. Get it now on Amazon or get it now on his website, douglasrappaport.com. Thank you for joining us. Have a great day, uh, everyone.